Welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 17. That's right. We're clicking Woo-hoo. up in the, the numbers here of Moscow Mules and Op Slides. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. Hello, Kyle. I'm David. I'm the other host. He's the other host. And our special guest of the week is Brian. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. That's oh, good. I, we were just talking about your lack of sleep, so hopefully you'll stay. I see you're standing, so you, hopefully you'll stay awake and not fall over. If I sit, then I will fall asleep. So. Do you have one of those like <laughs> like convertible stand-up desks, or are you just like propped up in a corner somewhere in the shining hotel that you, you're looking like you're living in right now? Stuck in snowy <laughs> Colorado in the middle of uh, September. No. Um, yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> no, my my uh, my wife bought this for me uh, Christmas before last. Yeah. So uh, I I prefer to stand. I'm kind of an energetic personality, so uh, sitting is not really my thing. So I'll try to stand until my legs or feet hurt, and then I'll sit so, down for 30 minutes, and I'll stand again. Oh, my gosh, 30 minutes. <laughs> All I can say, <laughs> I can only sit for 30 minutes, and then I'm back up. So that's like a full stand desk, like it's not even a mechanical up-down no, hydraulic it does. or anything? A, uh, it's a Vera desk. Oh, oh I love those. Yeah. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. So it was, nice. a, it was an investment, but I put it to use. It's, it's really good. I just got me a new um, got me a new Asus, what is it, like a 32-inch kind of concave monitor. Sweet ones, curved ones. Now, and then I've got my laptop below. So it's mission control kind of thing. Nice. Nice. Well, everybody that's listening for the first time, what Moscow Mules and Op Slides is, is where we just kind of have some drinks and, and, and shoot the shit with some cybersecurity professionals that we've met along the way and expand through our networks. Uh, I met Brian actually a year ago at DEF CON, Ohio CON. Shout out to all the Ohio people that will be listening. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, I, I know you said you're, you're on a caffeinated – uh, kick these days, but what do you what what do you have in your cup right now? Uh, right now, it is. Um, I, I just uh, I had to take my daughter to soccer practice right before this, so <clears throat> I swung by my favorite place, Freebirds Burritos. Uh, I've been eating at Freebirds for about fifteen years now. They make some uh, really good burritos, and tonight I'm drinking Coca Cola Classic. Wherever it's not showing up, but yeah. <laughs> is uh is Freebirds like a southern thing? I've never heard of a Freebirds. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I want to say it actually was not. Uh, let me look this up because I'm curious myself. Um, hold on. Where was Freebirds founded? <laughs> He's looking it up. <laughs> there it is. 1987, Santa Barbara, CA. 1987 in Santa Barbara. So, but they're they're the they're the bees knees here in Texas because you know, Tex Mex and yeah. It's just nice when you're on the go because you can eat a burrito and they wrap it in aluminum foil and it's, you know, drive with one hand, eat with the other kind of thing. Is it as big as a Chipotle? Because those are kind of un- unwieldy. That's a good question. So uh, the, the one I just ate is called a free bird. That's kind of the middle one. The lower one they call a high bird instead of a hybrid, high bird. Oh. And then the big one, and I'm not joking, guys. It's, well, this cup's not showing up very well, but it is... They call it the monster, and this is not for perspective, probably on the video, but I'm going to say that's six-inch diameter. So bigger than a Chipotle one, for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's called a monster. It's sure. big. I'm going to look this, I'm gonna look this up while you're, you're, you're hey, look, going free, on. Freebird's Monster Burrito. They'll probably tell Are you, you uh, the dimensions. So you, <laughs> so you more of a, a Coca-Cola person, or are you like a Pepsi, or are you uh, like – you ever had the Coke Zero? I can't do much of the, the fake sugar, so I don't do any of the, I don't drink soda anymore anyways, but. I'm a Coke addict. I'm going to come out right. tonight on this podcast and <laughs> hey, I'm a Coke addict. First step is admitting. 
So I had a roommate, and hopefully we'll get him on here. Uh, he was a big Coke fan. It is, you know, had some associations to his family lineage. And when people would bring Pepsi into our house, he'd grab the Pepsi and throw it out at our house in college. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's serious. They have serious. a bitter, bitter, bitter rivalry, not just in their uh, customer base, but I uh, did a quick stint at PepsiCo here and uh, outside of Dallas. And um, just from a corporate culture, they're the same way. They, um, when you got to eat for lunch, you have to go what they call to, to restaurants and whatnot that they call Pepsi pours, P-O-U-R-S, pours, not pour. Pop it's all sweaty. You have a sweat Pepsi. I drink so much at lunch. <laughs> yeah, right? But uh, you can only eat at restaurants that serve Pepsi. Um, Dr. Pepper is an exception only because, if I remember correctly, who bottles Dr. Pepper? So does, like so does, but so does, I think it's independent. I think also Coke, but you can find it in a Coke machine. I only know this side of it because, my, like I said, my, my roommate was, you know, his family in the Coke Association, so it was pretty. Well, hold on. Also, why are you saying soda over there? Aren't you a, aren't you a Midwestern guy, like technically from Ohio? Shouldn't uh, you be saying, like, pop? Then shouldn't this be a pop, pop problem? I am a convert. I'm freaking the flavor aid, man. Um, so um, I, I grew up in Cincinnati um, and graduated high school in 94. Um, so do the math, right? Um, I'm old. 35. I'm doing it relative to me and I can't even figure it out because I don't know. I, <laughs> I can't understand. 94. I wasn't even born yet. 94. Now I tried to convince someone I was two years younger yesterday. That was actually my wife. I tried to tell her I was 34. And she is like, no dude. You're 36. She looked younger yeah. than 36. Hey, thanks. It's cause I can't grow a beard unless, you know, it's, it's three months in quarantine. This is three and, months and, right and now. Then, and then I shave it and I'm back at this at three weeks. Right. Hey, you need Bring to back come the to beard. Colorado, man. You know, get up here in the hotel with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bring back the beard. Let's go. I love I love Colorado. That's a great spot. So uh, no yeah, problem. You're I, a so, so you're a soda convert. Yeah. So I um I gr I grew up in Cincinnati. Um, moved to San Antonio in '94. Uh, my father parents divorced. Father moved to San Antonio. Um, you know, wanted to kind of get me out of the the bubble, so to speak, and see the rest of the world. So I moved down there. I went to school. And in 94, San Antonio just, there's just not a lot of things to do there except go to school. And that's, that's kind of about it. They got great food, nice Latin culture down there, um, which was different from Cincinnati, right? So um, uh, yep. <laughs> first job moving down there, I worked in a, I'm not kidding you, I worked in a kitchen at a restaurant called Nacho Mamas. Uh-huh. Nacho Mamas. Nacho Mamas. Uh-huh. Right? It's Nacho Mamas. It's Nacho Mamas. So... <laughs> Um, but uh, I had taken three years of Spanish in high school, so, so I was an expert, basically saying, fluent. Basically, fluent, yeah. Well, going, it's proper Castilian Spanish in high school, so going down there, it's like, hey, que onda, wey, que pasó, you know. And was, so I learned all the slang, and it was a really cool cultural experience. But um, other than that, you know, the, the the closest thing for fun in San Antonio was Austin. And so, you know, putting the time frames together here, this is 90s rave era. And we used to head up to Austin on the weekends. And like, dude, in the 90s, Austin had a rave every, if not two or three every weekend. Um, everything from like, you know, spray painted warehouses in this abandoned building kind of area to like penthouse foam parties. I mean, just <laughs> insane. Austin does it up, man. Austin's fun. But um, yeah, I did a I did a short stint there. I met a met a girlfriend at a rave, which is kind of you know looking back on it, probably not the right place to meet a girlfriend. But um, 
Yeah, uh, didn't 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 last as long as I'd hoped. And I ended up moving to Dallas in '96, and I've been here ever since. Oh wow! So back to the I have ADHD, by the way. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, you're good. <laughs> it makes for a good podcast. It is like nice segues, keep everybody entertained. Don't know yeah, where we're going. <laughs> Multiple forks in the road. <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. I'm good. I told you that story to tell you this story. <laughs> So bringing it back home here, soda. Yeah, uh, that, that was a. Uh... I don't know. I just picked up on it, and here I am. That was. Uh, I, I grew up setting pop. Um, in fact, one of my um, my great aunts uh, used to make me red pop and, and ice cream, red soda pop and ice oh, cream. Oh man. Yeah. What? Was it Cherokee? That's like the only red pop that I know. Yeah, it's the only red pop I know too. I think I used to. I think COVID she used to serve me barks or something. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. there might be like a barks red ale, like a like a red. Oh, this would have been in the eighties too. So I don't know, man. It might have been some bottle cap stuff for all I remember. <laughs> all I know is my sweet aunt went in the other room and magically appeared moments later. Was red soda pop with vanilla ice cream on top. And oh, no questions man. asked. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I grew up saying pop, and then I moved down here, and uh, I had the same reaction. I was like, soda? What are you all talking about? What are you talking about, man? Soda. It's pop. So the weird thing in Texas, and it's kind of starting to fade, but I noticed when I first moved here was everything was called Coke. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've heard so that. You go through a drive through and say, I want a Coke. What kind of Coke you want? I want Dr. Pepper. No. That's weird. Yeah. I, yeah. I have never done that. Please don't do that. I've heard those, I've heard those stories. Before we get too far down the, the forks in the road, David, what are you just sipping on this evening? Well, also for me, just real fast, it's, uh, I, I kind of, I'm sorry. Let me, let me unscrew my lid here. Uh, I got something today called Combat Wombat. I was going to go oh, somewhere, yeah. but it's just, it's going to take too long. I found this thing called the Combat Wombat. Oh, that's from, nice. From Rogue. Uh, I had it. I had it in the fridge downstairs. Do you? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you you'll a like it. Hash. Oh, you already had it. Oh man. Yeah, you'll like it. Uh, we got a. It's a. It's listed here from from Rogue. They're out in like Portland, Oregon, I think. Hopefully, they didn't get burned down. But uh, Newport, Oregon. I'm sorry, Newport, Oregon. Because <laughs> there goes Brian. He just walked off. He's gone. Yeah. Speaking he, of he's here. He's right he in here. I'm like, I feel he's, like I'm in a bad cave, man. <laughs> so it's a. It says it's a, a a northeast style hazy IPA sour brewed with. Australian hops, blood orange, and grapefruit. So that sounds uh, sounds like it's right up my alley. And yeah, it is. Gonna dump this into a, uh, a Kiefer glass, kieferglass.com. They did not pay for any sponsorships, but they have uh, <laughs> this dude makes some really sweet artwork. This one's just aliens abducting a dude in the woods. Wow, it's that's probably cool. it's probably a nice old, um. Like, oh, it's it's a bottle style tumbler. So, yeah, or, excuse me, bottle. a can style tumbler. So it's nice yeah. and thick. Kind of has like a jar feel to it. But I'm going to be right back because I'm going to get something that I think you'll like. Hold yeah, on. See, now you got to do it. You got to yeah, do yeah. This. We'll keep talking. We'll fill the, we'll fill the air. This might be actually like my only, I, I, I ended up getting like the whole set of it. Guy does, um, he apparently does the artwork for some of the treehouse cans. And I think they're out in okay. um, Massachusetts. Yeah. But this might be one of my only like sets of glasses that have like legit art on it instead of Mario and Luigi and <laughs> You know, an Avengers. Character. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm super, 
uh, mature here at, at my right. I don't think I have anyone that have actually have one that has real artwork from conspiracy glassware. Well, those those hop outside. killers glasses are kind of artsy. Like they're I mean, they're, they're all artsy. Art, right? Yeah, there's some art into them. There's guy, some art to them. He came back. Down, run down the hallway for anybody that's <laughs> listening. Brian <laughs> has a background from The Shinings, like in the hallway. That Danny rides a little tricycle down, and it's hilarious because he acts like he runs down the hallway. He just ran down the hallway and ran back with a bottle of something. So we're gonna. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna pass it back to. Uh, to Brian here real fast to see what, what'd going on while I what'd, what'd, you, what'd you bring back this way Brian since you're drinking this is my choice choice of tequila Aragona oh. Reposado Reposado oh. yeah have you had if that you're not, if you're not familiar with tequila if you come to Texas let me know I'll take you to a nice tequila mm-hmm. bar but um, yep. this is relatively well priced this was uh, 45 it is you know it's 750 mil um, but it is a uh, Reposado so Tequilas have basically uh, four different types, technically, but they have the the silver, blanco, whatever, put it in a steel barrel. Um, it's not aged. Then they have gold tequila, which they put in oak barrels. Reposado means uh, rested. And it is, I forget the time frame. It's like six to 12 months, something like that. And then they have another one called Añejo, which is kind of like the uh, the aged and then there's like a top tier one. It's like two years aged or something. It's kind of smoky and stuff. So anyway, Aragorn nice. Reposado. Give Reposado. it a try. Very, very nice. So that goes in your margaritas. So like you see you were saying off air you're a margarita guy. They do yeah, the so Reposado and the margarita. Okay. That's typically what I'll put in it. And then um, I, like, I like it on the rocks with salt and lime. You know, maybe a little umbrella from time to time. Hey, sometimes uh, you got to class it up, you know? Yeah, got to class it up. All right, so you just had the alien thing, and I was going to get the tequila, and then I thought I'd show you this. Oh, I love aliens. I probe on the first date. So it's a koozie. <laughs> it's a koozie. It's a koozie. Yeah. <laughs> it says, with an alien, I probe on the first date. So where's that from? Anywhere specifically? So last uh, summer, my friend and I met up in Albuquerque and drove up to uh, Pecos, New Mexico, just outside of Santa Fe. And we did 26 miles, 72 hours, 6,000 foot elevation change backpack. Nice. So when I easy day, easy day on the trail, well in and out kind of thing. But but yeah, it was uh, when we were coming back out of um, Albuquerque Airport, which is awesome, by the way, because in Cincinnati, I grew up with low riders, like low rider trucks, you know, El Camino stuff like that. In the Albuquerque airport, they've got the most plush lowrider cars right there in the lobby. It's like part of the culture. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And I got, go, to I got to go visit Walt White, uh, Walter White's house, too. Oh, uh, yeah. I heard that's like gated off now. Yeah, they weren't real happy to see us. I tried to be as polite as possible, but they, I mean, understandably, right? You know how no. many thousands of people must come by their house? Yeah, well, I'm sure. Unfortunately. Too bad. Shouldn't have been on a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not the original owners, is what they happened. They are not. Uh, right. Yeah. So it's just some old couple. I mean, like old as in like seventies, right? I mean, they walk sure. around and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, so, so as you as you as I open mine, how's that one taste? Oh, it's good. There's actually um, I, I was checking for a born on date. It 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 kind of smell or not? It kind of has like an older taste to it. But then I remembered it's a sour IPA, so it, it might have that anyway. But there's actually on the bottom um. It says, want to chat? Text us. So uh, I think I'm going to text them um, while we're on the podcast and see what happens. They, yeah. left the phone, they left the phone number here. Do it. It's so, <laughs> while you're on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, why not? Yeah, yeah, don't Dang. worry. I can, I can, 
I can do all this at the same time. So Kyle, yeah, what do you got? So I got I got I can't text them. So I got Trace Comas. Sorry, sorry, Kyle. Hey, this is your guys' show. I'm just here. What a disaster. <laughs> so shout out to Marissa podcast number episode number eight. Uh, her and her boyfriend brought me back a, a burial IPA called Rationality Shall Run Its Course. She said uh, I should drink it because they were. She's had it for a couple months, um, so I'm gonna do that before it potentially spoils itself. But it has a pretty cool can. Uh, looks like a old ram head skull on it. Oh, so burial's cool. based out of um, Asheville. It's my wife was down there, Dina. Oh, well, folks, I might be uh, losing power here soon. <laughs> Kyle's lights went off. What the? <laughs> I don't know speaking, why. There's speaking not of like storm. the shining man the, the murder is coming i never oh, saw the show that's the purge me a bad person so i didn't even know oh well we'll see how long this lasts because everything's on a ups but we'll see how long that lasts there it goes now that's my speaker hey make sure oh, you, we're oh, back comes. i was gonna say we're make back. sure you save the uh the podcast so far but yeah no we're hey, good did um, did, uh, did calc exe just pop up on your desktop <laughs> right right <laughs> good thing i don't run windows <laughs> <laughs> He's, he had to set a um, Splunk server up to catch all the server events here. That's right. What was that but, uh, you said? How many, how many GBs per month is your license, Kyle? <laughs> right. The free version, right? <laughs> What's that, Splunk? You can, uh, Splunk's got a, was it, 500 megs daily ingest for free? Oh, is that what it is now? Yep. Well, I, real quick, I'm drinking out of a Deadpool uh, glass from Glass to Mouth. The uh, Chimichangas has some, has the... Um, is he cake standing? He's doing a keg stand that says nice. drunk. What's on the other side? Uh, just like chimichangas, oh, these cool. uh, swords, his, his guns. Double pistols, yeah. Nice. So, oh, this is pretty good. So I was trying to say burials from Asheville. My wife was down there in, in October with her girlfriend before the pandemic. So it's supposedly one of the best breweries in, in Asheville. Also one of the best breweries probably nationwide. And, uh, so remind me, Asheville is West Virginia? North Carolina. Oh, never mind. I'm thinking of, maybe it was Kentucky I'm thinking of even. There's probably an Asheville, Kentucky. I mean, There's I probably know. an Asheville. You might, there might be an Asheville, Kentucky. This oh, is Asheville, North Carolina. State. I'm going to be right one or, one or more times, maybe. Main Street. <laughs> I mean, you know, roll the dice. But yeah, thanks to Marissa for bringing us back. Did a little trade off. I gave her some 1844. So... That's a good trade. That's yeah, a good trade for sure. Anything from barrel on down. It's, 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 oh, yeah. it's good stuff. So Kyle, remind me where you're at. Like, what so I'm based in I'm based in Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh. That's right. Yep. Kind of the sister city to Cincinnati, man. They look so much alike. All the bridges. They do. Yeah. yeah. Especially the their their in their state baseball teams did too until they blew them both up and built new ones. Yeah. <laughs> I drove I drove through Cincinnati. When uh, I think the last time I actually saw you was at DerbyCon. Was last year? Yeah, that's like the last yeah. derby. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. that's mm -hmm. actually Scott. We drove down, buddy and I, Sean, who was on podcast. Uh, what was Sean on podcast? Podcast six. Him and I drove down from Pittsburgh area. Stopped at Buffalo Trace along the way. That's a cool little trip. A little boring along the way, but it was nice to hit Cincinnati. A little change of scenery, cross oh, yeah. rivers, and then For it sure. flattens out again. Yeah, shout out on uh, on that one. I um I flew up to Cincy and remember Gab Smash Gabriel Hempel. Yeah, yeah. Gab Gabriel, I shouldn't say Gabriel. Gabriel, sorry, Gabs. Um, <laughs> uh, 
she uh, wasn't able to make it to the uh, to the Ohio thing we did last year, right? That's big right. shout I do out. Remember that? Dave Kennedy's probably sick of hearing me say this, but I want to give a huge shout out to Dave Kennedy because that guy is just such an authentic person, right? Yep. He invited you, me, Gab, uh, Kate Bowden, like I can't even remember all the people. It's like ten or fifteen of us to his trusted sec off the strip party. It's some mansion they rented out. Yeah, and it was just cool. really, really cool. Like just to go chill with Dave Kennedy, right? The guy's never met me. And he's like, yeah, come on over, man. It's super, super cool. All the trusted sec people and all their friends were great. It was a great time. Funny, yeah. ironic story about that. So Dean and I got married in um, Las Vegas. Right before that, we actually looked at that place to have our reception at that man. It was a pretty cool. Beautiful property, man. It's just, it, it, the only downfall was it was off strip and we had a lot of people coming to Vegas for the first time. So we knew staying close to the strip is always good for first timers to really get the Vegas experience. Yeah, in my yeah. Opinion. that's true. Well, anyway, back, so back to Gab, you know what we need to do? We need, we need to have someone like use a mind map software and just follow <laughs> the tangents that we keep going off of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to be able to follow them. It's, that's what makes great for conversation. <laughs> All right. Um, so Gab, Gab wasn't able to make it. Um, she, uh, a friend's wedding, something came up during DEF CON. And so um, it was um, prior to that, I tried to meet up with her in Cincinnati when I visited. Um, she was out of town. I was in town. And then uh, like a month before that or two months before that, I was supposed to go to Circle City Con and she, we were going to meet there. Didn't meet there. So fast forward to last year at Derby Con. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Derby Con. You going? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying to Cincinnati. We'll drive down together. Oh, like, sweet. Oh, this is going to be dope, dude. So yeah, like met up. She's, dude, Gabs is like the shit, man. She's so cool. Um, got in her little VW. What does she drive? A, a, a GT? Nice. And just right down the 75, I guess it was. <laughs> Look, see, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, so I've never been to DerbyCon. I'm not sure exactly in, like, about the state. Yeah, so I know that there's like Cincinnati and then like right across the bridge is Kentucky. So I was wondering like if you flew into Cincinnati and then yeah. just, you know, you zippy zipped over the bridge and then you were bam at the conference. That's sort that's of. It's works, about right? a 90 minute drive or a little more. <laughs> okay. yeah. It's about yeah. a 90 second drive. Yeah, well, with Gab, it is probably a 97 drive. She's a, she's a race car driver. You're saying she couldn't meet up with you in, in Las Vegas because there was a, uh, she had like a wedding come up? Is that like a typical, Something. you think a typical Vegas problem? Like, sorry, guys, can't hang out tonight. Friends of mine are getting married. Got to be at the wedding. I don't know if it was a wedding. It was like some commitment she had with friends that um, required her attendance. Mm. At that. I, I can't remember what it was. Gotcha. I figured Elvis might have been there. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but there was a bunch of us, like Ohio people at DerbyCon from like Ohio Con. It was, it was cool. Uh, yeah, but it sucks that uh, DerbyCon's not happening anymore, but nothing's happening anymore right now. So. Every, yeah, yeah. There it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Catch. Way to catch yourself. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, like DefCon this year, I mean, there's, there's kind of a balance, right? Uh, all the DefCons I've been to, and increasingly year after year, more and more people. So it's a lot of bumping in and waiting in lines and stuff like yep. that. This year, I sat right here. No line. Still able to communicate with people. We set up a uh, we set up a local Dallas hackers like meet room, 
or we could just sit here and chit chat and like, you know, get on discord and watch, you know, streams on Twitch. And I don't know, man, it was kind of cool. I thought they did a phenomenal job adjusting to it though. Yeah, but I couldn't yep. get one of your cool stickers this year. I couldn't get one oh, of those man. awesome oh, oh. stickers. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a great segue. Oh, wait, why, oh, sorry. Why, why don't you talk about the, uh, the Hacking is Not a Crime project you've been working on. Um, yeah. I know, I know I remember the last year you brought the stickers to the you know, last summer, you know, ha- you know the uh, DEF CON, was it? Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> I did, and, and um, but now it's coming to a more of a it's it's like full go now, right? It is. So, um, does everyone know uh, um, Chloe? Chloe Mazdagi is her name. Um, she has been um, active in the bug crowd scene. She started their like ambassador program. Uh, she's worked very closely with um, with Casey uh, Ellis, is I think. Casey John Ellis, I think is his name. Um, the uh, CEO, founder, chairman, whatever of Bug Crowd. So okay. she she worked um, she worked at Bug Crowd and ran their their ambassador program, which was basically, hey, go out and promote the 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 idea of bug bounties and responsible coordinated disclosure, that type of thing. Well, she pulled uh, Philip Wiley in, a close friend of mine here in Dallas, and then um, I forget how it happened, but. I got pulled in, became a, a bug crowd ambassador. So anyway, long story short, she has for the last, I don't know how long, several months, she's been giving this great talk on um, what, she's, what she's coined as hacker's rights. Um, now, when I first heard of it, admittedly, I was like, eh, it sounds like special interest or something like that. Um, what it really is, though, is she's, um, she's trying to get uh, legal reform for uh, security researchers, because when when someone finds a bug and they even if they responsibly disclose it to the vendor or they do it you know some other way, uh, whether full disclosure or whatever, um, they oftentimes are fearful of legal retaliation. And, you know, I'm not going to name vendors, but there's some vendors come after security researchers, right? Because it, yep. it puts them in a bad light. Right? Um, you're you're telling everyone their baby's ugly kind of thing. So. I started hacking is not a crime, uh, Twitter hack, not crime. If you want to check it out. Uh, I started that in, um, 2018, actually two years ago. And the, the, the story behind that is I grew up skateboarding and we were always harassed by the police because, you know, um, I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up in a single parent household. I was pretty much autonomous when I was a kid. So I just skateboarding and, Music and even breakdancing were kind of my, you know, my pastimes. Yeah. Nice. So, um, you know, we, we would skate uh, and, and understandably kind of in retrospect now, it was private property and we were, you know, skateboarding is a little, shall we say, uh, rough <laughs> on things like stairs and handrails and banks and stuff, right? So uh, we were always harassed by the police and there was a big movement in the 80s they made a skateboarding is not a crime sticker. Um, And it was just very plain, you know, white background, black lettering. And it was just, what anything special? Just that skateboarding is not a crime. It's on everyone's skateboards. So one day I'm sitting here and I was talking to Wirefall. Uh, He's the founder of the Dallas Hackers Association. And um, he and I just got to talking about how how the term hacker had changed over the years, Uh, you know, Growing up, I started coding at the age of eight. 
And I was always, uh, and, and from a very young age, I was in the, what I would consider the hacker, <clears throat> excuse me, the hacker scene. Being a tinkerer, uh, soldering, coding, red boxing, blue boxing, freaking kind of stuff, right? So um, not necessarily anything illegal. I just, I liked Legos and electronics and speaking spells and reprogramming stuff, right? So um, I was like, yeah, that was the good old days. Like what happened? Well, what happened is in 1986, you had the introduction of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, right? And that changed everything. And if you're not familiar with it, go out and look CFAA or Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, familiarize yourself with it because it has become this kind of big catch-all piece of legislation for anything that's computer, I don't even want to say crime because some would argue that things that are not necessarily a crime are even prosecuted under that law. So, um, but that changed everything. And then you had, you know, uh, like the movie War Games, right? Matthew Broderick, he's, he's uh, you know, he's red boxing. He's uh, accidentally dials in NORAD and almost starts World War Three, And it's like this, it's a great Spoiler movie. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> What's that? Spoiler <laughs> alert. Oh. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, um, that, that kind of got everyone's attention of, oh my gosh, these kids are a lot more powerful. They're, you know, they're keyboard cowboys. They, they can do a lot of things with this technology. So they introduced this legislation. The term hacker then evolves into this villainous, evil, threatening kind of characterization and persona of people. So, and then you, you know, you've got the Morris worm and blah, blah, blah. And then you get, you get into the nineties and, and based off of my recollection, um, you know, it, it became, okay, not all hackers are bad. We need white hat and we need black hat. And then that evolved into, okay, well, there's a, there's an even finer line because some people believe that, you know, hacking is not necessarily bad if your motives are good because of things like CFAA or, you know, a few years later, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Um, one of the things that came out of that, people were breaking the DRM on DVDs so they could watch it out of region, mm -hmm. right? So if a European comes over here, buys a DVD, they can't take it home and watch it. That's, that's bullshit, right? So fast forward, I'm having this conversation with Wirefall. Um, Twitter handle D H A hole. <laughs> it's the coolest, <laughs> coolest handle. Okay. So yeah. Um, so uh, Wirefall and I were talking, uh, D H A hole on Twitter. If you want to look them up, we were talking about how this, this hacker term has changed. And I was like, you know, that reminds me when I skateboarded and skateboarding is not a crime. I was like, you know, we not, we need to start something that says like hacking is not a crime because that phrase in and of itself is, is presupposition. It implies that all forms of hacking are not a crime. There's no white hat, black hat, gray hat. There's no ethical hacking. And that term specifically bothers me because it's the only, our profession is the only one that you have to prefix with the term ethical. Well, it's also certified. It someone, someone said so, I was okay to be an ethical hacker. So I have a certification that says so. so. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's, I mean, how often do you, how often do you, you go online and you want to go see your doctor and you type in ethical doctor? <laughs> That's a good point. In, That's a good right? Point. It's kind of weird. You or ethical baker. In, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to type in ethical accountant, ethical attorney, ethical. Um, 
Is an ethical accountant called a fiduciary, by the way? I think that there's like an actual distinction. I think there are actual ethical financial advisors and they're called All right, fiduciaries. Well, then cut that part out. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, technically, that makes a good joke. <laughs> technically. But no, it's yeah. a good point because, you know, you're, you, what, what's the only places where you're actually like legally allowed to hack is, you know, a, the presumption of like the government has an arm that does offensive hacking or like defensive uh, protection of systems or, you know, vetting of systems. And someone has to be able to authorize to break that system apart. And, right you know, find the goodies that they want or don't want to get out, right? So, so you're not allowed to do it because you didn't get the, you know, the, the pat on the back from the government and your job to say, you know, oh, hey, by the way, hacking is cool as long as you're with us. Yeah. And right. I mean, honestly, a lot of, you know, when I started Hacking is Not a Crime Twitter handle, um, yeah, we got a small following. People like the message. Um gentleman by the name of Chris Roberts. I think his Twitter handle is SI Dragon One, number one. Um, big advocate of the message. So he and I connected with you know, Wirefall and making an introduction. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I designed the sticker, uh, inspiration based off of the skateboarding is not a crime sticker, just put black, white, red. It's kind of it's catchy, right? You know, catches your uh, catches your eye. But um, Really, you know, where, where we're wanting to take this is, uh, and, and we're, we're about to make, and, then, and I'd say in the coming week, we're about to make a, a pretty big announcement. Um, but really what we're wanting to do is raise awareness about uh, the pejorative use of the term hacker and hacking, right? So because it's so predominant out there in, in media and pop culture, the, the only way we're going to get it is to have ambassadors. And that's kind of where uh, Chloe and I have kind of brainstormed on how do we get this word out, right? We need some high profile people. Someone that's, you know, when they put hat not crime ambassador in their Twitter profile, that gives it legitimacy because, you know, we've got, we've got the likes of, of Jake Williams on, right? Um, big name in security. Um, we've got, um, who else do we have? Uh, let me look at this real quick. Cause I know I've got a, a, a few of them. Uh, I wouldn't be a good, I wouldn't be a, a quick segue. I wouldn't be a good podcast host if I wasn't to say, can you give us a little teaser of what's coming in a couple of weeks? And then I won't even put it in the show notes. People just have to listen if they want to catch a teaser. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so we've got Jake Williams. We've got Jason Street. He's an official Hack Not Crime ambassador. Uh, uh, Stoke, a.k.a. Frederick Alexanderson. Um, we, we've, we've got several big names um, who are, are going to push forward with this. So really what we're, um, I guess the big announcement, so we're, we're you know, we're in, uh, in the process of filing for 501c3. Nice. So we're going to be an official nonprofit. Um, and then, uh, you know, really we've kind of wanted to lay the groundwork for some of this. Again, it's, it's, it's an awareness thing and we're going to kind of, evolve that into more of an action thing, right? Spread awareness, take action on it, legal reform, you know, hacker community support. I mean, really the, the possibilities are endless. So um, I think the announcement without going into too many details, mostly going to be, you know, hey, we've got, we've got a website up, we're, we're you know, 501c3, we've, we've got all these things. We're, we're a legit nonprofit org. And then from there, just kind of snowballed to, um, you know, we're looking to like partner with the Electronic Frontier Foundation. 
Um, awesome. I, I heard there might be someone from CERT on the phone, on the line, maybe. Was that you, Kyle? Do you work for CERT, somebody? I do work for CERT. Uh, Some I CERTs. I would Some guess, CERTs? I would guess it, it wouldn't be me, but I have a guess who might be. Uh, okay, yeah, I'd, I have a good idea too. But we're looking to partner, if you know anyone, we're looking to partner with the uh, CIT CERT Coordination Center. Um, so yeah, if you know anybody, but, um, yeah, CTI lead, uh, we're looking at, um, you know, some of the people that I, I, before I kind of turned this into this, uh, this bigger idea with Chloe, the initial idea was to help nonprofit hacker orgs like B-Sides groups here in Texas, hack for kids, teaches uh, kids how to hack at yep. conferences, Roots Asylum, which is basically DEF CON for kids, uh, Kids Secure Day. We ship, they're, they're based out of uh, Australia. We shipped them a pack of like 300 stickers last year. And then we've also got SteelCon, which is I think in Sheffield, England, sent them some stickers. So we've already got an international presence. Now we just kind of need to snowball it by getting people on board to advocate it, create the nonprofit, and just, you know, wherever the path may take us from there. So Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's a good point. Like not all hackers sit in basements and wear hoodies and then like troll for, you know, easy low hanging fruit script kitty shenanigans where they can run a ran ransomware on, you know, some government device to just go dock somebody you know, in the future. It's, you know, you're as part of the community, you're somebody that is, it, it's a lot of curiosity driven um, research work where you're really just looking for like, how does this work? And like, how can we make things safer? How, how can I look at this problem differently than someone else who looked at it before and then provide a solution that can protect us in the future? And then, you know, just like you said, you, you have all these, these outside, like, especially like the Hollywood, like the Hollywood, uh, I don't even know mm -hmm. what the right word is portrayal of what is. like, Oh, it's like, it's awful. I mean, imagine the movie. Well, what, what freaking movie was it with Jack black uh, enemy of the state where Jack black could just move a, move a satellite and like, he just smacked <laughs> on the keys. And he moved a satellite in like, you know, 10 seconds. Yeah, that's uh, how it that, works. That kind of, oh, that was totally how it works. Uh, well, and, it, and, it, and that satellite had the enhanced feature on it too. which It did have fun. the enhanced feature. I forgot about the enhanced feature. I remember <laughs> and they rotated the bag. Remember when they were like, oh yeah, we can totally 3D render that thing and like rotate it on a, you know, three axis plane. I mean, let's not forget about, uh, you know, Swordfish, like decrypt something, you know, break RSA encryption in like minutes. Oh, you can, uh, yeah, what yeah, else? yeah. Who don't let's not forget the the not forementioned movie all the time, Firewall with Harrison Ford, where he, you know So there's there's a bunch. <laughs> like we go on, dude. It is it's the glamorization right? of how it actually is. Like your your mom and dad, like my dad doesn't know like what a hacker is. He probably doesn't know what it is. He's like, Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen Enemy of the State six times and I'll tell you what, those guys, they'll they're watching you all the time. I'll get you. Yeah, just stop it. Like that's <laughs> that's enough. They don't care. <laughs> this, bring, this bring, it, bring it bring it back. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll say bring it back to reality though like it, the the change of how things and, and this is you know hacking is not a crime is really going to help push us forward it's like you mentioned that you mentioned earlier Brian was devices and, and submitting vols to in companies and being concerned as a researcher but that's also you know exchange you know, grown and stuff like that like David and I worked on some stuff that we presented at, you know DEFCON Hack the Village last year and we went through the whole responsible disclosure process and how much of a headache it was we were doing our due diligence, but even to now that you have companies making scanning the internet, you know, early on was considered like, Oh, that's nefarious. Now it's like an everyday thing and anybody can scan the internet. There's tools to do it and companies are profiting off of it. 
by doing it themselves. And, and we, we use those feeds to help, you know, influence the things that we do research on. So it's, yeah, it's, it's evolving every day. It's, it's evolving. The barrier to entry for attackers has been significantly lowered. Uh, you know, when I got into security and like, is right after I moved to Dallas, I disassembled a 486 and put it back together. I was like, I can do this. And I it just, you know, I learned HTML and that evolved into, here's a jump for you. I went from HTML to C. <laughs> there you go. Right. But um, the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn more. And that's just, you know, uh, what I'm getting at is one of our hashtags we use when we tweet off of hack, not crime, Twitter account is uh, hacking is not a crime, but we've, we've also started adding in hacking is a lifestyle. Hacking is a state of mind. And now we're, we're also toying with this other hashtag. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Mad Hat, um, unspecific on Twitter. He's going to be our um, kind of marketing multimedia guy. He's very artsy, very talented guy, uh, also based out of Dallas. Um, but um, yeah, he's, um, he, we were talking about how to, you know, uh, get this, get this message out. He's, he's designed the stickers and he's been super helpful with it. And um, yeah, we just got a lot of community involvement, right? I guess what I'm trying to say. Kind of sort of. Well, I mean, no, um, you're good. I mean, no. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna add all this stuff to the show notes anyways, and like, let us know how we can help, you know, push the message as well. But like, obviously it'll be tagged and we'll add the, you know, all the stuff in the show notes cool, too, cool. that goes out. So I feel like, I feel like we're, we're coming from the same place as you though. Like we've, we've right. seen, you know, a couple sides of the fence and, and can totally understand what the difference is between portrayed hacking and then like real life uh, research based hacking you know yeah. I, i'm even kind of afraid to say like oh yeah i've hacked stuff before like well, you, well okay well, hold on here like what what kind of context can you put me in in this in the sense of like what's the in- interpretation of a law that was written in 1986 and being used against me in yeah. 2020 yep. yep so is is that fair like it's almost you know it's it's how you well, have personal computers in 86 personal well, computers it, were just i think a thought at that time <laughs> I don't know. Yep. I mean, and then, and then you've got <laughs> things like the DMCA, which have been used against security researchers for reverse engineering things. I mean, there was um, the whole, um, I think the Darknet Diaries, Jack Reciter's podcast on the Xbox stuff, right? Like, you know, that series. I think yeah, that was one of those that's right. That when they about used Xbox. Xboxes. That's yep. right. Yep. Same thing. So you've got that, and now you've got, um, what was the one I was just trying to pull up here? Because it's, it's the Wassenaar. Arrangement. Oh yeah. W a s s. Oh my god. Is that still a thing? I think so, but it's got a subsection in it for infosec, and it's talking about the export of. I don't know the exact term, but it's digital arms kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's talk about exploit, like sell, like traversing of exploits across borders, right? What's considered malicious software across borders? Sure. I mean, but yeah, it's. I mean. All software, I mean, all malicious software is software. So, like, software is software. If I sent you IE6 in a zip file from England <laughs> to America, is that technically, like, malicious? Yeah. Uh, have I just hacked yes. you? Is it over? Yes. He did. It's but, I mean, I mean, ultimately, what this is, I, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to happen, is um, only the people that are well connected and the inner circles and whatnot are going to are going to begin having access to this stuff, and it's going to leave a lot of people uh, less powerful and or powerless at some point if we're not able to be who we are. Right? I mean, we're hackers. It's a lifestyle. It's uh, 
I remember my thought now because my ADHD just took another turn. I was talking <laughs> yes. about unspecific and we're toying with this hashtag of what would a, ha what would a hacker do, right? And uh -huh. so tying that back in is this is an identity for us. This is who we are. This is, it's a lifestyle. It's a mindset. It's, it's who we are. So um, someone tweeted the other day, um, let me see if I can find it on our hack uh, crime handle here, but someone had tweeted a, a, a really good summary of, uh, it was a TED talk. And I think her name, her handle is K-E-R-E-N, no, I'm sorry, K-3-R-3-N-3. Um, and she had said at a, um, at a TED talk, uh, the beauty of hackers, says cybersecurity expert Kareen Alazari, is that they force us to evolve and improve, right? Um, and then going on from that, by exposing vulnerabilities, they push the internet to become stronger and healthier, wielding their power to create a better world. And I could not have possibly said that better, right? Um, we're a big believer in Electronic Frontier Foundation, digital rights kind of thing. This is an evolving landscape and we're, we're you know, we're trailblazing here. We're, we're making a difference and that's really what we're setting out to do. Yeah, so. I mean, I hope you do. Uh, I, I wish you guys a, a bunch of luck um, because, you know, you, you made it also a really good point talking about the, uh, the application of laws for one group of people and not the other, you know, the whole, the whole rules for thee, but not for me. Exactly. Uh, situation because it, you know it's going to happen it, it's happened you know in other places um for just basic law ba basic law of the united states and you don't want to see that applied somewhere else you know the same way hopefully there's there's people that will stick up and, and understand what's happening uh from that perspective aside from just like oh this is you know my interpretation of this law in 1986 is it applies to 2020 yep which is really the one thing that i just i, I it just sticks in my head like that there's uh, the Telecom Act rules. It's the one thing that I can kind of equate it to, like what you can consider a telecommunications company because it was written for phone companies. Yep. And now we're applying it to internet and fiber and you know all of these you know, net neutrality rules and regulations. Like it all just kind of all turns into the same thing that like we just keep applying the same thing that we wrote or that someone wrote, representatives have wrote, if we don't update it, we don't try to figure out how to apply it forward. We're just like, oh, we'll hand jam it back in that box because that's the box it belongs in. And somebody needs to be in place to understand um, what it actually should be representing at that point. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's kind of where we're at now is raising awareness. Because let's face it, you know, when you, I don't know if you watched the whole uh, Facebook uh, interrogation, what was that last year when Zuckerberg was on there? No, but my favorite clips but, from that are when he drinks the water and answers like uh, a cyborg, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, and then uh, the, the video of him smoking meat every day. So, but it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's not just a line of questioning. It's the follow-up questions to when Zuckerberg says something, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I understand what he's saying. Yes. But these, these bureaucrats <laughs> in Washington you know, they, they don't get how it works. And I mean, frankly, our field is very esoteric. It's, <laughs> that's why we have like near 0% unemployment right now, right? Is because not a lot of people get this stuff. It's very, it's, it's got layer on layer on layer on layer on layer. And, and for someone like a senator to ask a very pointed question, but want a very vague answer, it's like, well, wait a minute, you're kind of, you know, want your cake and eat it too here. 
So when Zuckerberg responds somewhere in the middle and they still don't get it, that's still, that's very concerning because then you start talking about CFAA, DMCA, and yeah. loss in our arrangement, things like that. And then they start getting taken out of context. That's well, yeah, bad. well, there was also- It's a little weird. No, good. were. I'm sorry. They were, they were definitely playing politics at times, though. Like, like some of them wanted replies like, oh, you guys were, you know, uh, you were unable to find the Russian influence in the election. And, and then the other side was, you know, everybody's wrong. Like, like the, the, I don't want to say uh, older crowd. But it, there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of people in there in that in that hearing that just wanted some sort of like uh, sound yes clip no. that they could run on a political ad, right? That's right. that's what they wanted. They were like, "Oh yeah, did I get you? Am I gonna get you on this one?" Right. And that's not how they should be playing this game. Like this is this is not what uh, the representatives, the duly elected representatives of this country, were meant to do. But here here they are grilling Mark Zuckerberg about how Facebook is is you know, battling bots in 2020. I, 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 they don't I, I, even understand what, what the flip a bot is anyway. And, and I get their intent, you know. I, oh, I yeah, it. for sure. I, I know what they're trying to do. and I, 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 They, they had a staffer write them questions that they yeah. don't yeah, understand they did. the answer or what the answer should be, or they don't understand the context of the question at all. So assuming for a moment that it's a sincere question, right? Okay. They're not going to get it anyway. <laughs> no, they're, and so sure. they're, they're, they're going to be like, I'm sure. not going to, I'm not going to understand this anyway. So how can I benefit from it? Sorry, I'm a little cynical, but let's like, like you just said, no, they're going to well, word it and phrase it and, and frame it in a oh, way that benefits them so they can take that sound bite and say, ha I got marks. They'll hammer it home too. And the, you saw that happen with, with a, a couple of the centers in particular. Um, yep. I'm, I mean, it's, it's not a left or right issue at that point. Like for me, it was just like, no one really understands how this works. They don't, they don't. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I I'm usually, <laughs> I'm, I'm hardly ever, not even, not usually. Hardly ever am I a proponent of Zuckerberg, but dude, I, I saw that guy sitting in that chair and I'm like, holy shit. How, I mean, how are you going to answer these people? You know? <laughs> and it's no wonder. I mean, I would be sitting there acting like a robot too. I'm in front of the Senate, whatever committee. <laughs> he was such a good robot. On yeah, television. And you know, your legal team is like, don't say anything. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's, like, it's like, it's like getting your hand caught in the cookie jar. And then like getting punished for getting your hand caught in the cookie jar and be like, I don't remember having my hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I do not recall. Can I extract it up a little bit? And, and I don't, and maybe maybe we need to get a like, you know, infosec, you know, cybersecurity lawyer on the po uh, podcast. That'd be great if we could find someone. Brian, That'd be cool. Someone. But like, why haven't we changed the computer and false abuse act? Like why hasn't it evolved? No, does anybody know? Like that's I'm asking like a five-year-old inquisitive question that I don't actually know the answer to. The, it's uh, hard, man. Change is hard. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna we're say, talking like it's... thirty years, though. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like someone has had to say, like, "Hey, we need to change this shit." You try to explain that to the people that were. You, just go ahead and like watch that whole interview. Like, I don't think you know, I can. I'll get frustrated. Oh, you'll get, you'll get so frustrated. Right, right. So here we go. I'm just going to read one. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg was asked by Senator Chuck Grassley, a magazine I recently opened came with a floppy disk offering me 30 free hours of something called America Online. Is that the same as Facebook? And you want that Chuck, guy. You're trolling right now. <laughs> you want that guy to go and update these acts? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, what magazine did he open up? 
Is Twitter, here we go, Lindsey Graham, is Twitter the same as what you do? And I don't know what the context of that is, but is it's like, Twitter the same as what you do? I mean, at a very high level. What I do? Like what, what? I don't. Yeah. yeah. Senator, Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii, if I'm emailing within WhatsApp, does that inform your advertisers? Wait a minute. Does WhatsApp even email? I don't, that, I don't think that, it does. I think, I think that's kind of the point. So, but, Facebook, but Facebook owns WhatsApp. So like, I think he's alluded to like somehow they're taking his information and using that to form advertising. No, I get that, but I'm saying. I mean, Google does that. Like in, in fairness, question. Gmail does that, right? You have ads in your Gmail that are informed by what you send and receive. Right. So Unless you get their paid G Suite thing, I guess. I ain't paying Google. How do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? <laughs> he's doing just fine like, have you seen our stock price sir <laughs> senator we run ads was his answer can can we talk about his first like i'm sorry dash splash screen to facebook was his face as a silhouette the original facebook in 2004 oh was it oh yeah i remember because remember- i was i was still i was still in school so i was able to get a facebook account you had to have a .edu address to get one back in, and it started in the fall of 2003 and migrated to most of universities by spring of 2004. And that's when you could get one. And I boycotted for like two months and then everybody, maybe like six weeks and everybody else had one. You're like, oh, I guess I got to get a Facebook account. Dude, that was the MySpace days. And I remember, well, even a few years before that, there used to be this online forum that did absolutely no input validation. Um, it was like a bulletin board. And uh, there were people like maybe me from time to time uh, would go up and write in like a, a JavaScript <laughs> where it would just give you like infinite alert pop-ups. Alert, so then alert. you get to MySpace where it's like social networking. You can inject like they, they, they welcome it. They're like, here, put in HTML and JavaScript. And you're like, all right. <laughs> well, that was that. I mean, maybe we can get Jack Recider on here. Now I'm shouting out again. There was another Darknet Diaries where he interviewed the guy that did the MySpace like hack, where he basically made him a friend with everybody, and it blew up overnight and had like two hundred thousand followers or something That's overnight. Crazy. So he had more he friends had, than uh, Tom. He had more friends than Tom. F Tom. I deleted Tom when I first got MySpace because yeah, I didn't know who this guy was. Tom. I had no idea who Tom was. Man, those were the days. I was running Gen 2 Linux. I think it was Gen 2. <laughs> Gen 2 was the thing. That Compile was your own kernel and all your Distro own. Du jour. I remember compiling my own kernel. You guys ever done Linux from scratch? <laughs> no, I'm trying not to kill myself. Uh, I've done, I haven't done it from scratch, but I had a, in, col- in grad school, I was like, I'm going to learn Linux. And I blew away my you know, Windows, whatever it was in that time frame, and put Linux on. And it didn't have – the driver did not work for my wireless card. So I go from oh. having a laptop to basically a desktop. And I spent months – I spent – I didn't spend months. I spent days and sleepless hours in configs and on forums and on, you know, tucks and everything to figure out how to get this to work. And I eventually got it to work. But I would say it was probably – Three days, maybe five hours of sleep over three days. Wow. Rebuilding the own driver and all this other, manipulating other drivers to get this driver to work. Yeah, oh, so I, I can run Suse Linux because it was cool because it had a little Oh, Suse, man. Oh, yeah, I tried that too. So I was just actually talking 
the local Dallas hacker community, we've, uh, I started a Twitter DM three years ago at a DEF CON just to, hey, where's everybody? What's the people doing? We're at max capacity of 50 accounts on Twitter in this DM now. It's three years old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we were we were just we were we were talking earlier today about that um about uh like first uh first linux distros and stuff so mine was circa 97 98 red hat 5.1 and i bought it from micro center <laughs> there you go micro center is uh, a clutch there's still a few there's one down in rockville maryland dude those Love are it. awesome because i gotta be honest fries Rise is going out, man. They're they're not they're not gonna make it. Well, they're no Circuit City, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> or Radio Shack, which dude, I I so wish Radio. Shack I loved Radio Shack. Radio Shack is a shit. I don't care. Radio Shack was say. so clutch, especially when you're like, oh yeah, I got to do this project for school and I need a bunch of resistors and like, <laughs> oh yeah, I can go and like actually buy my resistors instead of like going or, to DigiKey and then trying to figure out what the f I needed there. Or like the real small like hex screwdrivers that you needed that you oh, get the torx, little torx guys yeah. Yeah. yeah i did that to replace my screen on my uh motorola razor <laughs> was that your first flip phone yeah yeah 2004 razor. yeah my dad sent it to me i had a cell phone he's like i got an upgrade for you he sent it in the mail i got it and i think like within like three days i broke the screen so yeah, i'm on like happened. ebay buying <laughs> one from who knows where well, guess what? I got the word. I jumped in a pool with mine. That was my first razor. Oh man! Oh. Into a into a swimming pool. I have it. I have it. I think in this box over here, I have it. Crack screen and all. Crack the screen again. Uh-huh. Double down oh, on the crack why screen. Did you, why I, did you? I think it was a, a Radio Shack that I went into after seeing War Games. Uh, War Games came out in '84, and I probably saw it when I was probably in '85. I, I didn't see it like right when it came out, but I remember seeing it. I was like, "This dude's awesome." <laughs> like, oh yeah. He's calling Norad from Seattle. So like, How's he doing that? Be like, Bueller. <laughs> it called him back. Yeah. Bueller. So I, I remember. I remember going. Yeah, I did call him back. I remember going into a Radio Shack, and I was like nine, ten, and I went up. And I remember this guy, and he's he's your uh, your, your your typical Radio Shack kind of you know uh, geeky guy, right? And so I go up and say, "Have you seen the movie War Games?" <laughs> And he was like, yeah, 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 that's yeah, a great movie or whatever. I was like, you know that thing, how, how did he use his decoupler's uh, um, acoustic coupling device? How did he do that? How did he die? This guy was the coolest guy. He like, I probably sat there and I'm again, I'm nine, 10 maybe. And talked to this Radio Shack employee for like 45 minutes, just about like phone freaking and red boxing. And oh man, it was so cool. And so, um, he actually told me about something. Um, I think it was that guy. So the, you know uh, Matthew Broderick in War Games. He uses that telephone booth, and he somehow like short circuits, so it makes uh, like a phone call for free. Um, I don't know if this is still possible because like how many payphones are there? But there was a way in the late '80s if you took uh, a paperclip and you jammed it up in the bottom through the little rubber conduit-looking thing, right? You stuck it up in there and then you kind of bent it around and then touched the, the uh, what do they call it, the mic part. It would, if you hold it, it would give you free calls. Like if you, it, it would short Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know, like 
I owe a lot of this to like some random Radio Shack dude. <laughs> so we he had probably those... remember. He probably remembers that ten year old kid too. He's like, yeah, there's yeah, he this one weird dude. <laughs> he, he probably goes to DefCon now. He's probably there. You guys probably if walk by each there. other every year. Every year you walk by each other. Yeah. Right. Where they there, there's a word for that. It's called um, sonder. You ever heard of that? Look up sonder. S O N D E R. I'd always. ADHD moment. I'd always wonder, um, like, I was like, you know, I've always been interested in like consciousness and reality and quantum mechanics and all this. And I was like, it occurred to me like one day I was sitting there, I was like, you know, my experience of reality and everyone else's, we're kind of on the, like our own little like timelines. I started Googling around. Well, I got a good There's question. There's a term called Sonder out there that describes exactly what I was thinking. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the definition of this, and this is like, I sometimes wonder about this, like, when I drive past somebody. Like, I'll look in the car and be like, oh, that dude is totally, like, doing his own thing. And, yep. you know, what? wonder what he's up to today. And, like, his that perception what of reality is, is, like, different. Yeah. What's that? It, it basically means that, like, you, you see okay. people or, like, you wonder that, like, there are other individuals. You actually are... I, I, I mean, I kind of look at it this way, like there's people that you are intelligent enough to understand that you, the world doesn't revolve around you and yes. that you, like other people are living their own life that is all effed up just like yours is. And they're all have their own problems and, and everything is like completely different for them though. Like yep. the way that they live is just completely different. And I forget the, the comedian's name and I, I wish I could remember it because he had these most like, insightful epiphany kind of lines but um it, it was one of the guys that always talked about like taking hallucinogens and shit but he um <laughs> was it was he it made, um, that's he made the last a statement I, I can i can google it and find out but it was uh you are the universe experiencing itself and i was like and it has to be um that's mitch hedberg shit, that sounds like huh? mitch hedberg it could have been hedberg. mitch uh, hold on why would I want to receive when I buy a donut? the guy on the Tool album, and I can't remember. I think it's Bill. Not Bill Burr. Jesus, what's that? Bill Burr. It might have been Bill Burr, actually. Oh, man. Someone's attributing it to Alan Watts, and I've never heard Alan Watts say that. It was Alan Turing. Bill Hicks? Was it Bill Hicks? Maybe it's Bill Hicks. That's who I think it was. It sounds like if there's anything that's like going to be attributed to Bill Hicks, it's the, it's like it's this because he's that sort of dude, that sort of comedian. Probably was one. him. But yeah, um, how did we get off on this? How did how did you have a follow up? You said you had a question about like uh, oh no, able I was to recognize like, your own consciousness and but yeah, before we, oh, I mean, this, that could turn into another hour long podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, oh so so hey, maybe I, I won't sure. answer it. But I, I was but I joking started, on our M-brain about the, I was, we were coming up with topics and I was, I was like, what about M-brain theory? And maybe we could talk about the simulation hypothesis. So you want to dive into those? We can. I'd like to talk about that with somebody because I, I kind of, I don't know if it, it doesn't have to be you in particular, but like if there's anybody who wants to talk about living in a simulation, I'd like to. Well, that's exactly where I was going with this, but uh, that's for another podcast. I'm, but real quick, how do people, how do you want people to reach out to you is how I always like to end the podcast. I put some stuff in the show notes. Obviously I have your Twitter handle. I can link your Twitter handle in there on the show notes, anywhere else. I'll put that obviously hacking is not a crime Twitter handle in there as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. you. Double salute. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll fake close it out and hit stop and I'll cut all this out. But uh, yeah, Brian, I appreciate you coming on. 
Uh, great conversation. I, I don't even know why I asked you for topics because we like fill up an hour on like literally Dude, one I didn't topic. You talk for like, six hours, my ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good conversations, you know, because not all podcasts go that way. And uh, you know, thanks for having thank me. Thank you. It's like kind of blast. It's been like a use the word thoughtful. That was a very, you know, it was very. I don't want to say deep conversation, but you know, we we actually covered a lot of things, and I think they're important topics too. Um, let Absolutely. us know what what happens with the hacking's not a crime stuff. Yeah, uh, hacking is not a crime. And we'll, yeah, we'd love to have you on and, and you and Chloe on together. That, that, you know, to talk it out like as a as like uh, you know, hacking is not a crime podcast in association with um, us here. We, you know, we're trying cool. to get more involved, and you know, I'll come to you afterwards about who do you think yeah in your community you have. I know Dallas has a strong cybersecurity community, so I'd love to have everybody on from down there. Yeah, and your advocates too, right? For sure. Yeah, I mean, this is this isn't about who Kyle and David knows in Pittsburgh and via our connections. It's like let's expand this thing and make this into something. Where let's make sure people know you. Not just us. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah. I appreciate this that. This has nothing to do with us at this point. This is as fun for us. To, it's easy for me to drink beer. awareness right now. We're just trying to get the word out so we can. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for the stickers. Out. I got to find my stickers. I think I left them in the office during the I pandemic. Have, and, I uh, have mine all over there. But thank you again, Brian. As we like to close out, stay thirsty. Adios. Cheers.